Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special, special edition of the Fins Up podcast. I say special twice because there will be two podcasts this week, almost the last week, off to a good start. Uh, look, unfortunately, Terry and I couldn't get our nights together this week. Uh, he's busy, and I've actually got something on for the first time in about 15 years. So what we're going to do today is I've invited a special guest on. Uh, this bloke's been pestering me to come on the podcast for six years, which is funny because we've only been running for five and look, I finally gave in. I said, let's do it. We got the Brisbane Broncos this Thursday night. So I went to a man who, who lived in enemy territory, who has plenty of funny stories. He's done all the research and all the stats. I've got no run sheet. We're going to see how this goes. Mitch, mate, thank you so much for finally joining me uh, on this week of weeks. Oh, mate, what an honour. Um, you know, I thought my first podcast appearance might have been on a good run, like, you know, the Bill Simmons podcast or Joe Rogan or something like that, but this will have to do, mate. Mate, you get what you get. Now, I just want to put it out there that Mitch listens to both the Prevalent Shark podcast, and I'll put you on the spot, mate. Uh, Why is our our hours better than Shinazi's? And keep in mind, he does listen to this. (laughs) I'm friendly with all Shark podcasters, you know, past, future, and present, so... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm staying on the fence on that one. That's fantastic. It's funny that you say past. I will not touch that one. But what I do want to touch, mate, is we're both smiling very much. Uh, look, Mitch and I go way back. Big Sharks fans. Mate, it's good to talk footy without a judgmental dragon sitting over our shoulder and uh, making sure we're working for once, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No one will get that, but I'm I don't just, care. There's going to be lots of in-jokes tonight. That's it, mate. But uh, look, Brisbane Broncos this Thursday night. So what we're going to do is we're going to look forward. Terry's going to cover the Talakai Beast Mode victory over Manly. Uh, We may go back to it. We may touch on it, etc. But we're going to look forward. Uh, Mate, we're the king of Thursday night. Two wins. Going for number three this Thursday. Talk to me. You excited about this game? Well, the thing is, geez, Thursday sneaks up on you quick. Like, you know, throw a public holiday in there. It's it's less than 48 hours away. And, um... Yeah, it's exciting. It's Channel 9, it's prime time, and people are getting a good look at how good our team is this year. Certainly right. That's what I like about it. Free to air. It's funny you mention that because Channel 9 actually doesn't work on my TV, so I watch on a minute and a half delayed. Foxtel Go, and yeah. I've actually had to put the Twitter machine away because um, there's been some close games this year. didn't have that problem last year. And uh, the last minute and a half, because I'm 90 seconds Behind, I have to turn my phone off because someone every week goes, "Oh, what a finish!" You know, so and so did this. Can't do it. So it's funny yeah. you mention that. Well, you can get a lot done in ninety seconds. I hear Daniel. Oh, look, twice, mate. It's it's gonna be that kind of night, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, let's uh, uh, let's yeah, go back. Thursday, like, well, yeah, well, to be honest with you, I can't remember us playing two Thursday night games in a season. So this is this is good, and um. Yeah, it's weird when you get it out of the way early in the week, isn't it? It is when you win. You've got the rest of the weekend to relax. It's horrible when you lose. But, mate, let's look back before we look forward. You're a Brizzy boy. That's how I That's how I know you, unfortunately. We used to have a nickname for you that I cannot mention here on the podcast, uh, which is absolutely not true for the record. But, uh, look, you, you grew up with these these um, two-headed scumbags. Um. Yeah, well, no, do not call me a Brisbane boy or a Queenslander or any, anything of that nature. That's disgusting, mate. Um, I will not take that slander. I, I was born and raised in Coffs Harbour, and then I moved to Brisbane when I finished school and spent a good 15 years there from 2001 to start of 2016. 
and um, had some good times and some mostly rough times up there with the Sharks and the State of Origin. Very tough around the State of Origin period, but I think it hardened just become an even, you know, more diehard Sharks fan, more diehard Blues fan. And then, uh, mate, I moved down to Sydney in, in 2016, and I ran into you after the the grand final. That's when we first met each other. But um, yeah, when that first time we met each other, it was, it was like, you know, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yes, yes, we certainly did. Now it's funny you mentioned you moved back in 2016. Some like myself would call you a glory hunter. Why not 2014 when we were really shit? <laughs> mate, you want to reference 2014? I went to the game at Suncorp Stadium um, that year when we were diabolical. We hadn't scored a try for about 14 hours and we were down 22-0 with the Broncos and came back to win 24-22 after in the last 30 minutes. And, mate, I left that stadium that night walking on a cloud and I thought that was the best feeling in the world. And then two years later, it just kept getting better and better. That was the Jacob Gagan night, right, where he scored... Two tries and two touches or something? Yeah, scored off a carny kick. And um, I remember Gal barged over for a try at one stage. It was unbelievable, mate. I was in the supporter section that night. And if you go back and have a look at that side that played that night, they were not real flash, mate. They were not real flash. They played by Craig 5-8. Yeah, mate. They, um, 24 nil down. Oh, when we were 24 nil down, I actually watched that at work. I remember it was Friday night from memory. Um, I thought we were lucky to get away from that. So that, that was a real good night. Mate, how do you, you know, Suncorp Stadium's okay, but, like, compared to Shark Park. No. Yeah, I, I've got a funny story about that. I, I had an ex-girlfriend who used to, you know, when you're in Brisbane, the problem with um, having a great stadium there is, is that you have to go and watch the Broncos there, mate. <laughs> So if you're a rugby league fan, it's the only place you can go. So great, great venue, but you've got to put up with the Broncos and all the mutants to get off the hip switch train line to go to the footy. And um, I took an ex-girlfriend of mine to Shark Park one time on a trip down to, to Sydney. And she said, is this where they play? And I said, yes, yes, sweetheart. This is a, this is a real rugby league <laughs> So... Mate, I, lo- I love Shark Park. I used to try and make it uh, an annual trip down um, when I could. And, um, you know, other than going to the, the games mostly every year in um, Brisbane and the Gold Coast when they came in as well, I still remember the first Gold Coast game was at the uh, Carrara Stadium. It was the worst experience I've ever had as a spectator crowd. It was disgusting. Until they, and then they got the good stadium up there, so... But yeah, mate, love love Shark Park. I um I got I got to my first game last week at the Manly game because I I missed the first few through either work situation or illness, and mate, it was just good to be back on Thursday night. I was like, it was I hadn't been back since the um last game I went to it was a gal's last game in twenty nineteen. So that sounds like a long time ago now. It sounds like a long time ago. So you didn't once venture out to the new Shark Park. Cogra. Yeah. Oh no, I went to those games, but yeah, this was this was my yeah, that was my last um, Shark Park game. Was yeah, Cal's game in twenty nineteen. Uh, I was gonna say because I remember going to a game with you, and I thought, how much did I drink oh. that night? <laughs> well, that's not our home ground, mate. That was just the 
I don't know. That was the rental. Look, that's that's a fair call. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that she's an ex-girlfriend and you said ex twice in the sentence. To, so you distance yourself from that. I like that. Because there's no way I'd put up with that nonsense. Mate, how was the atmosphere the other night during halftime? Because I was going to go and my daughter pulled rank. And look, Terry and I were going to meet up. Well, but, daughter, uh, you your know, daughter is, you know, the better weatherman than um, Tim Bailey because I had – I did not conceive that it was going to rain, and then it started, and I was like, what is this? And um, and then it got worse and worse, and I was like, oh. And that's kind of coincided with the, the play on the field as well. Yeah, it did. Mate, I um, felt really good when it started raining. I felt vindicated. Because at 32 nil at yeah. halftime, I was feeling pretty shit about my decision. Yeah. No, it, um, I managed to take shelter sort of in the Monty Porter stand, but... Um, yeah, and I, I sort of had no concept of how hard the wind was blowing, but when I watched the game back on TV, I was like, well, it was blowing pretty hard. So, because I was a bit sheltered with that that stand, that it was sort of a southerly wind blowing. And, um, yeah, I did not sort of see how much of an advantage it probably was in that first half. Tell you what, it's funny you mention that because Terry was tweeting. Because was, it was a gale. It was blowing. Nico Hines was chip-kicking it to Miranda, right? The wind was blowing. It was howling. And Terry yeah. kept saying, there's no wind, there's no wind, and replying to people on no. Twitter. I was like, mate, what what stadium could you possibly in? Because we kicked off at half time, and the ball went 20 metres forward and 15 minutes back. They kept saying we went yeah. for a short kickoff. Nico was kicking that as hard as he could. It was just blowing back. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing. I said, oh, jeez, the... They're getting a bit cheeky with all these short kickoffs. Like <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. It was kicking the shit out of it, and it was going up and coming back. But uh, look, I, yeah. I, I regret missing it, obviously. But um, look, it, as soon as it started raining, I, I would have had to get the kids out of there. So I'm happy with my decision, mate. Without without yeah. taking Terry's thunder, uh, out of ten, how would you rate our performance? Um, first half, eleven out of ten, <laughs> and then second half, oh. It was hard to tell. I was sort of in and out trying to keep an eye on the game while trying to avoid getting wet and I don't know. It, uh, the one excuse I'll make for them was the short turnaround. I, I think and that came to play in that second half. So, And then, you know, your good old man, the hoodoo baked in there as well. I think that was, you know, you got a guy on the other side like Cherry Evans who, as soon as they scored in the second half, I saw a look on his face and he was like, we... He generally thought he could win that game. Yeah, it was... Um, and that was uh, concerning. Look, look, it was. And again, I don't want to take too much Terry Sunder, but we may end up recapping the game. Who cares? It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I, mate, I, I was very happy with it. But um, look, we, need, we needed to bounce back from a pretty shitty week in Melbourne. So it was good to beat a team with uh, top four credentials. Uh, you know, all my ex-wife and her family all support Manly. So that just was the cherry on top of the uh, the ice cream cake. But uh, there's one team I like beating just as much as Manly. It is the Brisbane Broncos. So we travel up there this Thursday night. Kings of Thursday night, trying to make it three in a row. Uh, you've seen the side we named, yeah? I did. And, yeah, the bench looks uh, quite heavy duty, I think, um, in response to their forward pack uh, and the handling probably one particular player. <laughs> I think you're right. Now, that one particular player we're talking about is Payne Haas, who had one arm hanging by his side for 90% of the game the other night, still made 250 metres and missed, like, one tackle from 40. The guy is a freak. How can we possibly 
contain that bloke? Um, well, hopefully none of our forwards go off at any stage. Like, I, I, I'm seeing a situation similar to uh, last week against Melbourne when Asafa Solomon just destroyed us. Now, he runs with his elbows out, but that's another thing. But we couldn't contain him because we were down a forward or two. And um, I just think we've got to throw multiple bodies at him and um, just make sure he's, he's well contained. Look, you're right. Every time there's a humongous forward, now this is where I, I really, we, we're going to miss you, Welly, because he's the bloke that can put the shot on early. You know, we've yep. historically struggled with the massive forwards, as most teams do. You know, like we got some big boys, but we don't have a pain Haas. Look, Dale Fanukin is back in the 13. If he can last the first seven minutes, mate, I think he'll do the job. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the strengths of our team this year has been, you know, teams hanging with us for probably that 15 or 20 minutes and then us kind of, from that point, establishing our sort of our physical dominance on the game. Like you saw it in games against like Newcastle where they hung, hung with us for 15 minutes and then it was like they just couldn't keep going with us. So I, I'm hoping that's what, that's the case with this young Broncos pack. Look, that's true. Outside of... Haas, there's probably not too many players that worry me. There is one I'll touch on in a minute. But Aiden Tolman's been named to start. The general feeling was that Dale would make the full-time move into eight with Cam staying at 13. I have the slightest feeling that this is to contain Haas in that, you know, Tolman's not the biggest bloke in the world, but he's got 302, 303 games of experience. I think they're starting him to take a little bit of the, the pain away from Payne Haas, so to speak. Yeah. And then inject yeah. your smaller, quicker forwards up the middle. You don't think um, Royce will start again Look, in, in place of um, Tolman? If it happens, I'd, I'd be happy enough with that. So I, I had to, I have um, Royce Hunt underline here. I don't, don't have anything official, so don't quote me on this. Someone, <coughs> Paul, last week took something I said in jest as it was going to happen and then got up me after it didn't. Um Look, Will Kennedy came off with an injury and went into the game under an injury cloud last week. Uh, all the talk was that Lockie Miller was perhaps going to debut. Um, we decided that we'd push with Kennedy. There is a line of thinking that this is an easier game this week. Another, you know, you got a seven-day turnaround. You give him two weeks because it's a long turnaround next week. I think we play on Sunday from memory. Do you rest Kennedy and give Lockie Miller a shot here? Well, what specifically is the Kennedy injury? I, I did notice he he went off on Thursday night, um, and Nico went to fullback. I believe you know, I believe Nico. it's a shoulder, and he, he um, entered under a cloud. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, being a Cos Harbour boy, I, I, I can't say no to that. Um, I'm actually quite um, familiar with his family. They all went to my school growing up, primary school and high school. They're a good Catholic family. <laughs> They've got about a thousand kids. <laughs> he he was actually so young that I don't think I ever went to the same school as him. I, I'd finished school by the time he was uh, even approaching high school. So anything I've ever heard about him is just from people I know in Coffs Harbour, and I had I actually had a mate who played rug, rugby union with him in Coffs, um, and said he was just a complete freak in high school, just ripping ripping up the men, you know. While he was there, so look, it'd be good to see him. Um, yeah, make it first grade to be interesting. Um, I think his form's been pretty good in reserve grade from everything I've read. He's been playing five eight mostly, from what I've seen. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. Why not? Yeah, if if, if we can, I don't know. My, my preference would be to have Will Kennedy there if he's fit, but because um, going to Suncorp Stadium, uh, that's a that's a test. I, I, we saw what it did to Ronaldo when his first game there, and it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. So. That'd be my only um, my only hesitation there. Look, it's funny you mention that because I was going to bring that up again. It didn't happen for the bloke standing to his left. Um, I or his right, depending which way he's looking. I, I I'm hundred percent on the Lockie Miller bandwagon. I thought he should have played off the bench, um, placed a trindle the other night. Uh, look, another another line of thinking is that Nico will play fullback, which I think is ridiculous, and Sir Fitz won't go near that. Because Trindle's in awful yeah. form and Nico's tearing up at six, uh, at seven with Moylan. I want to see Lockie yeah. Miller play 100%, but I want to see him play next week against the Warriors. I don't want him running out at Suncorp Stadium. I don't care which Brisbane turns up, good, bad, or indifferent. Will Kennedy's our best option at fullback, and I think that's that's the end of that discussion. Well, this Brisbane team, as much as I've enjoyed the last two years, I think they have bottomed out. They, they're, they're, they went as low as they're going to go last year. And you know that win on um, Friday night. You can, there's, you know, the, the arrow's pointing up for them. So, you know, they, they just need a crowd of twenty five, you know, thirty thousand footy crazy mutants to get off that train and, and come and see them on Thursday night. And that, and that adds so much to any Broncos team that rocks up at that stadium. I've been there too many times, mate, and seen, you know. Broncos teams just ride. It's like they ride a wave, mate. The momentum starts, and then it's just you can't stop it. And the same thing happens in Origin as well. But yeah, it, it um, you do not want this team to get going because it's very, very hard to stop in that building. Look, they got going on Friday night. It's not good that you mentioned that. The segways are strong. For sixty minutes, the Bulldogs looked like they were going to cause a massive upset. Matt Dufty scored a try, which is like. Now that the Tigers are good, the ultimate uh, humiliation, well, I wouldn't say good, less shit, but uh, look, they got momentum, and Selwyn Cobbo, who was on 15 points on fantasy, super coach with 20 minutes to go, scored a double, set up a try, and had three or four line breaks, and went to 80 in a flash. You're exactly right, mate. They got momentum, and the doggies certainly weren't good enough to get it back. Look, um... The, the, the doggies had some outs. I'm, I'm, I'm no way a, uh, defending the Bulldogs because I think they are a shit side and I thought that at the start of the year and nothing's changed my mind since. But they did have those COVID outs and I think that kind of kind of showed in the last quarter of that game. Look, you're right, but the difference for me was the man that we chased, thought we'd signed. We even had a podcast celebrating the signing. Then when he turned his back, we rubbished it uh, as we do. Adam Reynolds, best on ground by an absolute mile. Three try assists, a heap of other stats. There were too many to write down. Look, this this is the game where the bloke we wanted and the bloke that we should have chased from the start, and I maintain going back two years now, I've been saying Nico Hines is the man. I was told, no, we should chase Pappenhausen. I would have liked both just quietly, but if we're going to get one, it was going to be Nico. Uh, Look, I'm glad we didn't sign Reynolds as good as he's been because it's led to Nico. Yeah. Is this a worry though? Can Reynolds get us? Um, You're supposed to say no. I've, I've, I've never been that huge on him, to be honest. Like, I think he's been, always been a solid player with a great kicking game, and that's kind of it. You know, I think um, I think you, uh, 
got me out of the phrase with him with his little biscuit legs. Like I just think he's he's injured often, and uh, I just don't, I just don't think he was ever going to be the buy for us. And I'm glad we never touched him. You know, but this this is 2022. And it's the first year of his deal, so you know he's still going to be looking pretty good. You know, two or three years down the line, you know, maybe not. But um, look, he he's got full control of that side. You can tell, and um, you know he'll he'll steer him around as uh, as best he can. And uh, yeah, I, I still think we've got the better number seven in the game. As good as he played last week. I still think we got the better number seven. Oh, we definitely got the better number seven. The number six battle, mate. Hail Matthew Moylan. We love the great man. Everything about him, and I will not hear a bad word, or I will scratch your eyeballs. Opposite him, though, is perhaps the worst number six in rugby league, potentially history, in Tyson Gamble. The same Tyson Gamble that absolutely bodied us last time round. He was best on ground. He got under all our players' skin and took us apart. How the fuck did that happen? That's my question to you. Well, was that the game we lost or won against them last year? The one we lost is the one I'm referencing. Oh, the one we lost, yeah. Oh, I, 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 um, that was a joyous day for me, but also a, a, a very sad day. We brought home our second baby that day from the hospital, and it all just so happened to time with the start of that football game, so I didn't end up seeing much of it. Um, but I remember being severely, severely disappointed for that performance. And then even the, even the game we won last year was disappointing because, you know, we had to score a million points to get into the semis and it just didn't eventuate. So I, someone else had a day out against us in that first game last year. It was it was um, Stags, wasn't it? He, he, it was Tyler. He, he? he did. Yeah, all right. So... I don't know, maybe that can segue into our, into our next part, you know, the centre battle. Look, the centre battle, the mate. Stags. The floor is yours. I saw your eyes light up. Well, this is the battle of Mr. T versus Mr. Toes. Ah, you beauty. <laughs> I, this will be the whole, however half hour they take the lead into this game on Channel 9 on Thursday night, it will be talking up the battle, this battle. And, yeah, it's going to be great. I think, um, you know, it's just two raging rugby league forces right now coming together. Yeah, it's it's going to be very exciting. Very, very exciting. It is, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Now, look, Sifatalakai has bodied a bog average centre in Morgan Harper, a world-class centre in... Dan Gagai, and whoever he played against Melbourne, he absolutely more than held his own. I think it was Remus Smith, because I remember thinking, oh, Remus is fast, maybe we'll get him here, and how wrong I was. This is his biggest challenge, mate, because as good as Gagai is, Staggs has got the ability to do things that no one else in the game can do. Now, you yep. you referenced that he does like to suck the old, uh, the old toes. So any females that are listening, all two of you, because we skew to the male uh, for obvious reasons, um, look, get, get your feet out. Just distract him. Do what you can. Don't lift your shirt. Take your shoes off. I want Toes off his game because Talakai can run over him and do exactly what he did to Harper to a State of Origin centre and, in theory, take Stags out of the New South Wales reckoning because my worst fear is that he plays Origin. 
Yeah, ten times damn for stags. Um, um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I'm just remembering some uh, some video text messages I've been sent in the past. Anyway, um, yeah, bog average centers and, and Katoni stags. Yeah, let, let's just hope Talakai. Look, he's not he's not going to play as well as he did last week. I, I just want to see a, a great, solid defensive performance from him. Um, you know, but even his average game right now is probably fairly outstanding. So, look, uh, I, I will take some credit for something, uh, his performance last week. I did run into him um, after the Melbourne game. It just so happened to be his birthday, and I'd just gotten off Instagram, and I wandered into the Woolworths, and I just finished wishing him happy birthday in the comments on the birthday post from the Cruella Sharks, and boom, here he is. Like 15 minutes later, I run into him in Woolworths, and I'm like, Sipper, Sipper. He looked over and I said, happy birthday, mate. And he said, oh, thanks. And I said, mate, you are being playing outstanding. Keep it up. You know, you're doing great. And he's like, oh, thanks. He, he couldn't have been more humble and more um, appreciated. He even said, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, then, you know, I let him go on about his day and then he played the best game of his life, you know, mere days later. So, well, mate, you know, what do you know, mate? You're not saying you definitely did, but it's uh, just putting it out there. But perhaps if anyone sees Talakai oh. in Cronulla Mall this week before they fly out, wish him a happy birthday. Well, you know, it's like how I like to take credit for us winning the comp when I moved down to Sydney in 2016, you know. That's a good... I'd never lived in Sydney before and we'd never won a comp, so I don't know, coincidence? Just saying it. there. Look, I also moved back in 2016, so I like to take a bit of credit for that. Um... And oh, the segue when you when you hear this, you're going to applaud. Another person who could be back this week, Wade Graham's been named on an extended bench. Now he's in the uh, the 19. He's 19th man. I think Harati might be 18th. Let's hope he doesn't end up playing. Yeah. But uh, I think Lockie might actually be. I got excited. Uh, Wade Graham, do you do you think he forces his way onto the bench this week, or you, you give him another week? Well. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory here. When you click through to the Sharks website and you check out the lineup, none of the other extended bench players have a sponsor, and Wade does. So I don't know. Is that something something to point to that he, he may be in the side? But who who do you think would make way for him? Uh, pro- probably Royce Hunt. I'd I'd say I don't agree with that. But if I'm if I'm in that conspiracy, I don't think you need to play four middles. Three's enough. But Look, let, let's just put it out there. Anyone that, um, you know, has got Wade Graham in last try scoring bets and does get up, just um, 10% commission our way, please. Well, as much as i love to see the guy back, you know, can you can you justify leaving Britain Ortega at the side at the moment? Absolutely not. Six weeks ago you could have, but not right now, no. No, nah, Teague Wilton's a dead set. Hero in the making, mate. He's just plays so hard every week, tough as nails for a guy that's still so young. And look, Britain had a had a few lean first few weeks, but he's been good. And we actually really missed him in that in that Melbourne game. You could tell he wasn't there. So, you know, oh, I love Wade. I absolutely love him. But it's like, where can where can we fit him into this side right now? It's a it's a hard side to make at the moment, mate. It is. It's good news. Do you think he plays a little bit of a different role because? I've been pushing. I, I thought he was our, our most natural thirteen until until Fanukin and, and Cam McInnes signed, obviously. 
He's got his left-footed kicking game is probably the best of any second round of the competition. His ball playing is probably in the top, say top ten now. Used to be two or three, but with with Isaiah Yo and Cam Murray and Victor Radley, I think there's your top three without thinking too hard about it. Um, does he play a different role? Can you bring him in for a fifteen minute stint? Put him in the middle and say, you know, put a couple of boys over, and then, uh, you know, cash yeah, up. I think that loose that loose forward in the middle um, definitely does um, suit his skill set. You know, he's got all the got all the tools in that kit bag when he turns up to play. Um, so yeah, I think I think that position, the the thirteen position, has probably evolved towards his skill set. And you know, we all know he's as hard as nails, so he's got no problem, you know, hanging around in the middle of there. And I think some players running in the middle would prefer not to see him in there. Very good point. Defensively, they're very strong. Uh, spent many, many years, you know, um, inside a fairly average, Lee haircutted, terrible defender that we try not to name, but every week I seem to bag. It's just, it's habit now. But uh, look, I, I would like to see Wade Graham back. But again, I think next Sunday's game, I think we got the Warriors the week after. We've got a long turnaround. Get him, you know, do the captain's run. Pull out on the day, just be like, ah, another week, run out, Shark Park, lead the boys out at Shark Park, and, uh, you know, take part in a, a fairly, hopefully, comfortable win. Well, the poor old Warriors, mate. Wow. You know, just just a quick little note on that game, watching that, and then you feel, you know, this is that was just a typical Storm game where you feel like you've competed, and, you know, you're in the game, and you're 10 minutes into the second half, and you look up, and... They've had a pretty lucky break, and they're up 14, and then you go, ooh, there's half an hour to go here. This could get ugly, and boy, it got ugly. Like, I didn't expect it to get that bad, but, yeah, I felt really bad for them in the end. Look, me too. Really bad. Any team that sort of gives up 10 tries in a game, let alone a half of football, unanswered, probably doesn't deserve <sighs> too much um, in terms of... It was 10, it was 10 tries in half an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was... Even? 40 minutes. It was ridiculous. Because I'm sure you heard oh. the old joke that if you concede 50, you're out. You can't win the comp. They conceded 50 and a half. That should write them out for the next five years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that, that, look, our, our form against uh, the Storm doesn't look too bad now because we just did not get absolutely destroyed like that. That was uh, – and, look, I don't like seeing teams getting beaten like that. That's that's bad for the comp. You know, that's – that's, that, that sort of stuff happens in the AFL, mate. The Southern Lake Tennis has layout schools like that. and You know, you don't want to see it. We, we want a comp that's, you know, even and any team can win in any given week. That's true. But I do, uh, I don't mind seeing, you know, the Dragons cop those sorts of buildings. But I want to point out an interesting stat. Look, mate, the Tigers, arguably the form team of the competition, beaten two heavyweights in two weeks. Who was the last team to beat the Tigers? Sharks, mate, and look, obviously, steel sharpens steels in those sort of contests. Um, it certainly does. It got them ready, and they shouldn't even scored, not a single point. Yeah, and look, to, to think that that team that we played, who were so listless, they were, mate, they didn't even look like interested in, in turning up to work that day. They were so bad, and they've they've come out to their credit and won the last two weeks. So, um, yeah, look, mate. We're doing all right. Our, our form one's okay. Some people on Twitter. We, <laughs> anyone that listens will know the guy I'm talking about. Has insisted we've had a soft draw. When his team's had an easy draw and sits points behind us. Now, some stats for you, mate. 
We sit on 10 competition points. The Cowboys on eight. The Cowboys have 18 line breaks. If you haven't seen the stats, how many line breaks would you say the Sharks are made? If you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been going on about it all day. But what would, what would you didn't guess? Tell, didn't Talakai have 18 in the first half last week? So remember, okay, set, setting it up. Fifth position, two points behind us in the competition. I think they scored about 30 points less than us across the season. They have 18 line breaks. The Sharks have how many line breaks? Oh, I know we were leading the comp, so it's got to be 50. Two, 52. 47, mate. That's pretty close. Oh. And I think it's 8-10 back to the Storm and the Panthers. I was looking at the try assists. We lead by a long way. Tackle breaks, we are so far ahead of anyone. I think offloads were pretty low, like surprisingly low. Um, uh, we've missed more tackles than anyone, which is very shark-like, and we've given away more penalties. Does that start to sound like a team that, say, Fitzgibbon may or may not have just come from and represented, say, 330-odd times? Yeah, well, and, you know, you say you might have had a soft draw, but obviously, you know, taking advantage of these teams that we're playing with stats like that, um, uh, going on to the, um, uh, the, the line break stat, yeah, I knew, I knew about that one. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me. It's a, they're a very attractive team to watch play. And we've that, some of these tries we've scored, mate, are touch footy tries where blokes are just strolling in untouched. Like Talakai running in from 20 metres the other week, and no one got a hand on him, just strolled in, in the Melbourne game against Melbourne. <laughs> We dead set broke the line so many times against Melbourne. We had as many line breaks as them. They just had the class to finish it. But going back to what I said before, there's a very Roosters feel about this. Now, the Roosters have always defended well, but they missed a lot of tackles. Now, Terry and I always go on about how that's a false stat. Because if you run up and you belt a bloke and you skittle him, but you, you make contact, he lies there dead on the ground, someone comes and puts a finger on him, You've missed the tackle and that bloke's made it. So a lot of the first contact, we saw it a lot from James Maloney. He had 30 missed tackles, but he was at first contact so many times that allowed you know the bigger blokes to come in yeah. and finish off. That's a very Roosters yeah. stat. The Roosters are also a, known for their penalty mercies. A, Ke- a, Kev- a Kevin Walters-like speed bump. That's yeah, it. Just to slow him down. Slow him bit. down. Now, unfortunately, that halfback I try not to mention, but again, I'm in a bag, would rush up miss the tackle and not slow them down. They run straight through him. But anyways, going back, we are the new Roosters is where I'm going with this because they have lost their heart and soul since Fitzgibbon's left and we've taken over pretty much every stat that they've led up until this year. Yeah, well, watching their performance yesterday, it was like they never seemed to pass when they should have and, um, you know, they passed when they shouldn't have. In all, all the situations like last night or yesterday afternoon, they just didn't seem to make the right choices, which is very unusual for them. And you just got the feeling it wasn't going to be their day. But um, look, our, our, our team is fantastic to watch, mate. Like, it's a hard, gritty, defensive-minded team who play attractive football. Like, you know, we're not putting on these, you know, little block plays that would have played the league for probably 10 years. We're putting on moves where, you know, our... our um, we're shifting the ball across the defensive line at all points. Like we're, we're always testing the edges, always testing the edges. What I would like to call the, the train tracks on the side there where the two lines run up, we're always hitting that point. 
and the next minute we're over the other side of the field. It must be a nightmare to defend this team at the moment. And, and the other thing I love seeing as well, the team will be compressed, and then in the last minute they'll just all be able to fan out, and the, the defensive line just has no idea what they're doing until the last minute, and we've got players making the right decisions, passing the, the ball at the right time. And this is how we're scoring tries, where guys are going over untouched, like it's touch footy, mate. Like, great team to watch. Great team to watch. It certainly is. Moylan playing both sides, Nico playing both sides, and Will Kennedy playing both sides. All stuff we didn't see last year, it was very one side was Chad, one side was Moylan or whoever was in filling in for either and Trindle, etc. You know, Johnson when he was there and every second or third week when he could be bothered turning up. Part-timer. Part-timer. It's that, and he's taken that to the Warriors. Terry said that, you know, he's a perfect Warriors player. All talent, no heart. Can't disagree with that. Nico Hines, I his stats are fantastic. But there's a stat you can't sort of manage. And this is where Moylan cops sort of grief because he doesn't have the tri-assist that perhaps he should do. You see a lot of the lesser teams, they go sideways or they go forward. Nico goes sideways, steps forward, draws the defenders, puts Moylan outside him. Moylan's got a three-on-two and we score three or four times every week. Neither of them get the tri-assist for that, but you take either of them out of that play, the try's not scored. Well, people actually watching games and, you know, not maybe half watching while scrolling the phone, who, who I feel are usually uh, Moylan uh, critics. Um, you know, if you watch the game, you know what you're looking for, mate. You, you see that. You see that. You see Nico digging into the line, willing to put his body on the line, you know, running at a couple of forwards, you know, getting the ball out to Moylan. Moylan doing the same thing, shaping at the line and then just getting the ball to Kennedy or getting it out to Talakai when he needs to. Like, he has delivered the ball to Talakai. At pretty much the perfect time, and I think that's had a lot to do with his form. He's gotten it to him often and gotten it to him early. And yeah, Matt Moore has been great. Just just waiting for that injury. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't put that. We don't need that evil out there, mate. Look, we're um, we're hitting there with the twenty minute mark. I understand you got some stats for us now. I I'm not yeah, the stat let's guy. Talk some stats. That, that's Terry. Terry's the stat guy. When I'm left alone, I struggle because I don't know where to even look, mate. Lay it on me. Let me hear what you got. Well, our all-time record against the uh, dirty Brisbane Bonkos is we've played 60 times. How many wins do you reckon we've had, Daniel? 20. Very close, very close. We have won 22 times Oops. and lost 38. I'll tell you that. And our record up there in Brisbane is disgusting. Yeah, it's diabolical, right? That's my one word for it. Um, my my experience up there from 2000 to 2015 was quite poor, um, you know, having hinted at those stats before. I, w- I went to games up there for seven straight years from 05 to 2011. Awful losses, mate. Awful <laughs> losses. Um, some of those games were over by half time. And um, re- really test your mettle as a, as a rugby league fan, turning up and see your team get flogged like that in front of, you know, 40,000 dang Broncos fans. Um, mate, they caught plenty of bodies up there. Cole Best, I'm just I'm just doing the sign of the cross for him at the moment. He, he's, his body is still buried in the southwest corner of Suncorp Stadium. Justin Hodges humiliated him one afternoon in 2011. I, I actually felt bad for the guy. He was It was bad. And also Falau. Falau killed us one year when he was there. Um, 
between 2001 and 2012, we went 2-10 and 10 in Brisbane. Lovely record there. But then we won three straight from 12, 13, and 14. And that included the, um, the 22-0 comeback that we referenced uh, earlier. Um, this was another worrying stat that I found. They beat us. How many times after we won the comp? How many times in a row do you think they beat us? All of them except one. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say four times. I think we got them... Um... Last they beat us six straight times from 2017 um, up until 2020. Yeah, when we went, we went up there and beat him. I remember Ferris scored yeah. because I had the eye injury and I couldn't see anything. Correct. I just heard him say first. Yep, good times. Yeah, they uh, ruined our celebration in round one in 2017 when they scored off a forward pass from yeah. direct forward to Corey Oates, and and then um. And then that game in night. Remember that game in twenty nineteen Sunday afternoon. They had absolutely no one, and we dominated the game and somehow managed to lose it. So we've got a very poor recent record against this team. However, the last two years we've won two of the last three. So when they've sucked, so it should have been three out of the last three, really. A hundred percent should have been three out of three because that uh, that Tyson Gamble game we referenced earlier sticks in my craw. Almost as badly as that Bulldogs game where we had them five on two and kicked instead of passing. Well, mate, they've, they've bottomed out and they've never been through a period like this. Like, you know, I've got Broncos friends who, who sit there and pull their hair out and go, oh, oh, what is this? Oh, what is this? And I say, mate, this is being a fan of a real rugby league club. Like, you know, your team sucks occasionally. Like, you know, you might finish last like they did last year. And they just they were struggling to get their head around the concept, and it happened two years in a row. They were so bad, but that's that's what they expect up there, mate. They expect to be at the top of the comp, top four, challenging every year. Well, it's gonna be gonna be fun to humble them. Before we wrap up, mate, can I get a prediction for this Thursday night? No pressure. You're on the spot. Uh, I think we win by ten. I think they're going to give us a really good game. I think they're gonna they're gonna swing right into this game from last week and and being at home, I just think um, that's going to be a, a big advantage for them with their young legs. Look for mine. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that we'll go out and we'll score first and maybe even put two tries on them. Uh, then I think they'll come back. I think, like you said, the crowd will get behind them. We might get a little bit. Um, this is too easy. Make a silly error. They run down and score. I don't know, penalties, our discipline's got to, got to improve. There's going to be a team that's really going to put us on our ass one week. I don't think it'll be Brisbane. Look, I think ultimately class will shine and we'll get them by probably 8 to 14, maybe a late try just to really wrap it home. Uh, for me... Mate, our... I, should be a, I should be a handicapper. The, the, the betting markets have the line at 10.5, so that's what I said, mate. I've... Spot on. They've spot got us on. In... They've got us installed at a dollar twenty-eight favourite, so that's through where yeah. our good friends at Top Sport, of course. But, uh, look, yes, of course. Are you, um, are you are you confident at a dollar twenty-eight? Oh, no, <laughs> I think that's a bit too short for us in this game. <laughs> yeah, I think it's too short for the Sharks at any time, mate. I think we'll get them. I will be very, very disappointed if we lost. This is a danger game this time last year under a different regime. I just think we're fit and firing. When we're good, we beat Manly. And we beat Manly, what, five, six days ago now? Well, mate, uh, I've talked mad shit about the Broncos in the last two years. And having talked so far this season mad shit about uh, the Knights and Para, 
We mentioned a beat both those teams, so thank you for doing that, Cronulla Sharks, and let's hope we continue that into this week. Exactly right. Now that you're on, you're on. Um, people can reference it and go find this and bring the uh, the quotes up. <laughs> Trust me, mate. They go back years and find quotes that I I've said. Lucky I'm right more than I am wrong. But uh, you where, where will you be this Thursday? You, you managed to get the day off work. You're gonna you're gonna watch. Uh, Thursday is Daddy Daughter Day. I, I look after my kids on Thursday, and then um, hopefully have them in the bed by the time kickoff starts, and I'll be watching on TV. I think seven fifty-five is a good bedtime on uh, Thursday nights, mate. Yeah, exactly. But uh, look, Brisbane, of course, are going to play night early, so I'm hoping they don't turn up and they think it's a Friday night game, and we whop them because this is the sort of game we really need to get ahead of. Two weeks in a row, I think. Um, well, two wins in a row. We've won and won well and fallen back because other teams around us have won better. So I think there's a pretty pretty clear distance between the top four and the rest. So a nice, a nice easy, comfortable 16 to 20-point victory, mate, would really cap off a pretty fantastic week for being a Sharks fan. Uh, let's hope so. Let's, you know... Make sure we're swinging into Friday on the, on the back of a victory. I want to go into work. I want to be happy. Look, um, look at the end as as an avid listener. You know, we always we always shout out a player. We always hail a player. Who, who's your personal favourite? And you can't say Nico, and you can't say Moylan. Well, I want to say hail Jason Tatum for uh, helping sweep the uh, Brooklyn Nets today. That was wonderful to watch. He's he's a fantastic player. So I'm a mad Celtics fan. So that was great that we um, we swept that that put-together team today. But, um, oh, jeez, who can I have this week? You know what? Hail Teague Wilton. Hard as nails, that guy. And um, he, I think he's going to be my favourite going forward. You heard the man. Hail Teague Wilton. Mate, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Oh, before we sign off, yeah. just remember the... Um, the SG ball team is playing in the grand final this week. Yes, they certainly are. We've got a big week ahead. Hopefully we'll find out very soon about our women's rugby league team, whether they got in or not. I don't think it'll be within a week, but uh, the words we're getting, it's very positive. SG ball play Saturday or Sunday morning? Um, I should know because my brother's a coach. I think it's Saturday. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Well, mate, you text me when the game's done. It is on New South Wales Rugby League. Uh, I'm sure the kids will get that nice yeah. and early. So I'll, I'll I know it's out at Combank Stadium on uh, on the weekend. Fantastic. Anyone out there, give the boys a yell for us. Um, any names we should be looking out for, let us know. I'll be, as soon as I finish recording here, I'll be all over Mitch for all the info. Uh, I knew Braley was going to be good before anyone knew his name, just quietly. So. <laughs> there he yeah, is. I need to give you that tip. That's it, mate. But uh, look, thanks for coming on. I think Terry's in a bit of trouble, mate. <laughs> No, Terry. Look, um, I'm not here to steal your job, mate. I'm just, I'm just here to support in a, in a, in a night where you couldn't make it, mate. That's it. Look, make sure you tune in tomorrow, guys. Terry's going to have a um, special guest on, potentially. He might do it himself. Who knows? That's his, uh, his secret. Uh, he'll be reviewing the game. He'll be talking all the news. He'll bring all the stats. He'll do all the stuff. But uh, look, until then, I'm going to go old school. How about Moylan?